Hey everyone, welcome to episode 147, your blueprint for love. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So today we're going to do a deep dive on what love is, how it shows up in our relationships, and you remember that Saturday Night Live skit, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. That's what I feel like. I live my life in the world of thinking deep thoughts, and then most people are like, hey, can you uh, pass me the salt? I'm like, oh, can you tell me about your third grade childhood experience? Can you tell? Like, that's how I think. And if you remember, Kelly, you're obsessed and you're addicted, but that doesn't mean everybody is. So step out of yourself and step into reality because most people are in right now, they're not in third grade. And I just find this topic so fascinating and I love learning more about it because it's kind of helpful to understand life from other people's point of view and also from our point of view of why we're drawn to certain people in our romantic relationships and also in our friendship relationships. And a lot of it has to do with the blueprint for love that was created for us by other people in the four walls that we grew up in. So think about your Saturn in which you grew up. Now, we always talk about the caregivers living in our four walls, but you also have to think about your brothers and your sisters and if you had any pets and if you had grandparents that were influential in your life, positive or negative, aunts, uncles, friends, family that was like friends. And so you had a different Saturn growing up than you do now, obviously. And during that Saturn, you learned a lot about love and what love means and what love feels like and what it feels like to give and to receive. And sometimes those were positive messages. Sometimes they were negative and sometimes they were a combination of both. So now looking back at your Saturn with your grown-up eyes, looking at the little version of yourself in that Saturn, the brain started to form patterns very, very young and it created a blueprint. Just like if you hear a certain song or you smell a certain scent or like if I see butterscotch, I immediately go back to Minnesota, Grandma Grace's ninth floor condo and I'm in her house. If I just see butterscotches, because she had a bowl of them all the time and I nailed them. So whenever I see butterscotch candies in a candy bowl, like at in an office, I'm like, oh, Grandma Grace. And if you smell a certain scent, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm at Aunt Susie's house. How'd that happen? It's like you go into a time machine, but you're not really going to time machine. Your heart goes into that time machine because during those formative years, you were super impressionable. I was super impressionable. And so it left an imprint and it created a blueprint of what love should feel like. Now they say, oh, you grow up and you marry your parents. That's not really the case. You don't really marry your parents. Your brain is just attracted to what feels familiar. So if you've ever seen a friend or been that friend of like, why is she staying? Why is he staying? That person is not good for them. They're not, the reason why they stay is not because they're happy and this is like the greatest relationship ever. It's because they're staying in what looks like dysfunction because it feels familiar. And the brain gets comfort from that. 
because that is where the blueprint for love was formed way back when in third grade, seventh grade, ninth grade, all those formative years in the first 18 to 25 years of our life is when the blueprint for love is being developed. And a lot of times it's based on what your parents and their caregivers, what their blueprint for love was given to them. So it's like this blueprint that is created unknown to us And we don't actually marry our parents. We just show up in the relationships around us in familiar ways of how we learn to give love and receive love. And a lot of times we talk about trauma and pain and the good and the bad. And we talk about the big T of like the divorce or the death or the abuse or the neglect or the alcoholism or whatever that big T is. And that is the mega trauma. Those are the moments or just the overall kind of like one sentence summary that we put on our trauma. And in between those big T, little T's is the micro moments of how did you receive love? How did you give love? What was there for you when you felt sad, when you felt lonely, when you felt insecure? Did you have a soft place to fall? Did you have a rock? And so when I posted, I posted a quote and I read about it on a previous podcast and then our amazing podcast producer, Michael, made a TikTok of him responding to the sound clip of me reading a quote that I posted the other day. And when he made that TikTok, you might've remembered, it went completely viral and everybody started recreating it. He made a TikTok about how it impacted him. And I'll read the quote in a minute in case you missed it. It went viral and then other people did their reaction videos and then their reaction videos. And it just has legs of its own. And it's still to this day, this was months ago, if not I don't even know, maybe over a year ago. And then it got picked up on Instagram and now on Instagram. And people are constantly, almost every day, sending me the clip going, is this your voice? This sounds just like you. I think I heard this on your podcast. So the quote that went mega viral was, unhealed childhood trauma manifests itself as fixing others, people-pleasing, codependency, external validation needed, living on high alert, fear of abandonment, deprioritizing own needs, need to prove themselves, tolerates abusive behavior, attracts narcissistic partners, and difficulty setting boundaries. Now, the reason why this went so viral is because all of us had some type of trauma, pain, stress in our formative years that led to this unhealed trauma that was never dealt with. I want to normalize that for you as much as humanly possible, that every human on the planet has unhealed trauma. So I don't want you to think that something's wrong with you. I don't want you to feel like you're broken. I don't want you to feel like you're not good enough or you're not whole, W-H-O-L-E, because I want to normalize that for you as much as humanly possible. There's nothing inherently wrong about you because your goodness and your completeness was given to you the day that you were born. You're not broken. You might just have felt a broken heart. And that broken heart, sometimes we develop shame and pain around that broken heart, like something's wrong with me. And if something wasn't wrong with me, that pain or trauma wouldn't happen to me. That's the messages that the brain says. So what I want to normalize for you as much as possible is that this is part of the human experience for all people. And I want you to almost honor the trauma by bringing it to light. Because when we hide trauma in the dark, that's where it grows. That's where it manifests. It's kind of like mold. Mold manifests and grows and gets stronger in the dark. But when you bring it to the light, and you acknowledge it, and you give yourself credit, like, wow, that was a lot I had to deal with, and I'm still standing. Like, go you, little person, or big person, or little version of yourself. And a lot of times I'm working with a lot of you, and I'll say, you know, I want you to, like, really recognize that, not from a place of, like, 
feeling sorry for yourself, but just giving yourself so much empathy and compassion, especially the seven-year-old self who didn't know any different. Like you dealt with that and like, look at you, you're still standing. You're like rocking life. And so many times the message that comes back to me when I tell you to honor it and acknowledge it comes back, well, well, so many people had it so much worse than me, whether in your personal life or you just read about it in the news. I had it bad, but I didn't have it that bad. I didn't have it as bad as my brother or my neighbor or my greedy, greedy grandpappy. And I just want to remind you that this is not the struggle Olympics. This is not the trauma Olympics where we have to get the gold medal, where if you had two deaths in your childhood that were huge traumatic events, and then you meet someone with three, we're not in competition for who had the worst, best bronze, silver, and gold medal for the struggle or the trauma or the pain or the stress. Because during those formative years, it's how it's impacted you and carried on to your adult life. Because even the same children living within the same four walls will have different ways that they process that trauma or pain. It might be huge to one sibling. And then the other sibling's like, what? That never happened. Are you kidding me? That was no big deal. And then they bring up something else and you're like, wait, that wasn't any big deal. So it's all about how that little brain and that little person inside of all of us processed it and what we made that mean about us and our value and our worthiness. As a child, if you were always walking on eggshells, for example, because you wanted to avoid the wrath of a mom or a dad with a temper, you kind of wanted to like stay out of the way and not rock the boat, you could probably become a people pleaser in that process because when you were younger, you learned stay quiet, stay small, don't rock the boat, walk on eggshells because we don't want to poke the bear. And the bear could have been mom, dad, your brother, your sister, greedy, greedy, grandpappy. That's why I love working with all of you so much one-on-one because we can dive into that pain and drive into the trauma and dive into the stuff of what you dealt with when you were little to kind of bring it up to the forefront to honor it and not let it fester in the dark. Like something's wrong with you because you went through that. Because you could pluck any human and put them into that setting and they would have had the same exact treatment. So the people-pleasing comes from looking for that Wi-Fi signal. Like we always talk about that connection. If you had a strong, secure, never buffering Wi-Fi signal, then you're going to go and find a relationship with that connection that feels strong and secure. Now, if the connection felt like it was an insecure signal, you didn't know if you could depend on it, you didn't know if it was always going to be consistent, then you were probably drawn to people that were emotionally unavailable because that feels familiar. You can really see this in those videos that you see on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the places that go completely viral when the kid is just sitting there third grade and he's eating lunch with his friends and all of a sudden his mom or his dad comes in their military fatigues and they've been deployed for six months, six years, and they're not expecting to see their parent walk in and you can see the child light up like a Christmas tree and it's almost like you can see them breathe life back into their heart and back into their system because our children, and when you were a child, you look to your caregivers as your Wi-Fi signal. They were like your oxygen supply. So when you see those videos, the reason why they're so emotional and so jarring to everyone's heart who's watching is because you see that connection instantly be reconnected and the child, they were holding their breath, holding their breath because the pain of missing their parent, you can almost see them exhale in that sense of relief of like, I got my Wi-Fi signal back. So what happens is we're younger, we create this blueprint around how we received love and how we give love. What was the car rides like when we're hanging out with mom and dad? 
What was it like when you had a problem? Did you feel like you could lean towards them or hide that problem from them because it was going to be faced with judgment and shame or ridicule or you shouldn't have done that and that's the reason why? When you got in trouble at school, what happened when you came home and told your parents that you got in trouble at school or that you got a bad grade or you didn't make the team? Did you feel that sense of comfort when you came home or was it one of fear of like, oh dear, I'm really going to get it? So if you didn't have emotionally available parents growing up, it's normal that your brain will be drawn towards people who are emotionally unavailable now because that feels familiar to you. And the brain is trying to say like, we didn't know what to do then, but we couldn't get mom or dad to change, but we're going to get this person to change because we're going to try to heal that old wound in current time. So when we're younger, we have a blueprint that's created unconsciously and it's rolled up just like an architect does. And they pull out the plans. They say, this is what I think your house should look like. Or this is what I think you want your house to look like based on what you've told us. And then we say, yep, add an outlet. And we make modifications and we change and we mold and we add light fixtures where there aren't light fixtures. So the same thing happens symbolically if you've ever been to a wedding or if you've ever been in a wedding is when the parent hands the hand of the daughter over to the spouse. When we were doing our wedding rehearsal on the Friday night before, my mom and dad both walked me down the aisle. The priest was very clear and he said, Len and Mary, that's my parents' name, when you are at the end of the aisle, I need you to hand over Kelly's hand to David's hand and at no time is her hand ever to be free floating. You do not let go of Kelly's hand until David's hand has received her hand. So it's very symbolic and that's what we do with our blueprint for love. It's like we have this rolled up version of our blueprint for love of how we expect to receive it and how we will give it. And then instead of handing over the physical hand, we hand over symbolically the blueprint for love over to our spouse, our relationships, whoever we're dating, et cetera, et cetera. Even if you're not married, you can still see how that happens in a symbolic way of like, then we hand over the blueprint, we hand over all the baggage, we hand over all the good stuff too, to our significant other in our relationships, in our adult relationships. And then we say, unconsciously, of course, any pain that I have in these different rooms, I need to make sure that you never touch on that pain because it's too painful for me. And the parts that are good, I need you to like do more of that. Well, spouse, kids, Romantic relationships don't know how to do that because guess what they're doing? At the same time, they have their own rolled up blueprint and they're handing it over to you. And so it's like we're both passing this blueprint for love and that's where the wires get crossed because we expect someone to almost enter in the same time machine and live the life that we've lived through our eyeballs and then we expect them to make us feel whole, always make sure that the Wi-Fi signal is complete and it's secure and there's no eggshells because that will remind you of old pain. And then they're doing the same thing to you. And that's why the wires get crossed. And so if you had a lot of fear and you had a lot of pain, you had a lot of stress and tension growing up, you start to organize your life around that and think that that's what you should be expecting. And then when things feel good, when things are happy, when things are calm, your brain starts to spaz and starts to be like, whoa, 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 this is too normal. This is too healthy. No, 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 this isn't going to work for us. And so sometimes the brain is like, well, we should just do this alone because alone is much better than getting hurt because we've ever been hurt in the past. So we're not going to do that again. So we put a governor on our love, kind of like if you've ever rented a U-Haul or a rider truck, when you're in the moving truck, they put a governor on the speed limit because they don't want someone racing 90 miles per hour in a U-Haul because they're carrying such heavy stuff. 
And so they put a governor on it. Let's say you cannot go more than 70 miles per hour. So they limit how fast you can go because of the heavy weight that you're carrying. And so when you're carrying a lot of heavy pain and a lot of heavy weight, you put a governor on your love and you're holding back because number one, you don't want to scare them away. Number two, it feels unfamiliar. Number three, you don't want to get hurt again. And so you put up a wall when you're younger. You put up a wall to protect yourself And then when there is a moment that feels happy and content, you are nervous to relax because you're just worried that the next crisis is just minutes away or days away and waiting for the other shoe to drop. Because if your blueprint was filled with a lot of insecure connection of your Wi-Fi, then you have this deep-rooted belief that somehow there's so much shame around it that you're fundamentally not good enough, you're fundamentally unlovable, you're not worthy, you've done something wrong, And it's a belief system that lives in and is grained within you. So then you just go and find evidence for it around you. And so that's why all that unhealed childhood trauma manifests itself as all the things that I was talking about. Not because you're unlovable, not good enough, not worthy. It's because of the blueprint for love that you were taught. You were taught somewhere along the way that the Wi-Fi signal isn't secure. And it's not always from our caregivers. It could be from a sibling. It could be from a teacher. It could be from infertility. It could be from an ex-husband or an ex-wife. And then what happens is you go and you recreate that dynamic with your next relationship because you're trying to heal that old wound in current time. So I heard an Instagram reel by Jerry Flowers Jr. And I literally almost dropped my phone when I heard it because I was like, yes, because I hope from this podcast, you understand that you are not broken. You are complete. You are whole. That was given to you the day that you were born. You have to do nothing to deserve that because once you know that at your core, at your belief level, then you can give that gift to your children. If you have children, you can give that gift to your spouse that they don't have to do anything or your significant others. You're not seeking anything from anybody else because you know that you're in charge of your blueprint and you're watching your life from your adult eyes and looking at little version of you like, wow, that was some stuff that we went through. And so in that process, you can start to reparent yourself by keeping the good of what you loved about your childhood and then recreating and kind of reparenting yourself in the way that you needed if you have children of your own. So this quote by Jerry Flowers Jr. was so powerful that of course it went viral, the one I saw. And it's all about what we talk about. Like we want you to learn a lot on this podcast, but even more, we want you to unlearn. We want you to create your own blueprint, your adult blueprint and not stuck in your childhood blueprint because then you're not living on high alert so much, putting your kids on high alert. So we said, unlearning abuse also requires for me to unlearn the survival tactics I learned in abuse that I now call my personality. That's not who you are. That's who you became based on who they were. Because pain builds walls, but healing builds doors. And that abuse can be the pain, can be the trauma, can be the stress that you dealt with from zero to 25. It's not always from our caregivers. It can be from a lot of different people that were in your Saturn. It could also be self-inflicted where something happened to you or you made a bad choice and then you beat yourself up relentlessly and you still are to this day because there's that belief system that you're inherently bad and inherently not good enough and because you made that one choice or those slew of choices over a, a bad phase, sorry, not a bad phase, or a painful phase that you went through where you made a lot of bad choices. So it could be self-inflicted as well. So if you would like to unpack this more, because I tried to talk in very broad terms, giving up a lot of examples so you can kind of plug and play. But if you would like to unpack it 
in a more individualized way so you can start to unlink it and not link it through and bring your Samsonite luggage into your relationships, go to my website, coachingkelly.com and send me an email or go to coachingkelly at aol.com. Yes, I'm still stuck on AOL. I have an odd connection to AOL because when David and I met in 1999, that's the way we communicated because I didn't really like talking on the phone. So we just instant messaged. We IM'd each other. We had to wait. We were doing dial up at the time. So email me at coachingkelly at AOL.com and say you want to dive deep. And I would love nothing more than to help you unlink some of this childhood trauma, to help you build the doors and the windows, to not hold yourself in purgatory over it and release it. Because in that healing, you heal everyone else around you because you have a blueprint that you're creating from scratch versus the old blueprint that someone else gave to you. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.